It's Halloween season again, R, as we say here on Weird World. It's how Weird World. Today, we're going to start it off with urban legends. We've told a few urban legends on the show before, but today we're going to come at you with a ton of urban legends. Spooky, scary, creepy urban legends on the next episode of Weird World. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Weird World Podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Dean. And this is the start of spooky season, as I'm sure everybody knows. Well, they do now because they just listened to the tease four seconds ago. Also, it's my favorite season. It is your favorite season. It's mine, too. Yeah. Okay, well. Is it wrong to like Halloween more than Christmas? Nope. Okay. I think that's probably fairly common. I think it's more common than people realize. Yeah. It's much. It's less stressful. It's more fun. Exactly. You especially have candy. For, and it's not for like the can- moms of America. Candy canes and syrup. Stained popcorn balls versus <laughs> everything else. It's no contest in terms of the candy. Yeah. For the two seasons, I mean. I mean, the candy's not the thing for me, but. For what? Christmas? For Halloween. Oh, well, you're insane. I wish I could. We're going to go trick or treating. We're probably too old for it, <laughs> but Carrie and I are going to go trick or treating this year and just see what happens. We think people will give us candy. Well, don't rope me into your wee. Well, I'm I'm going to. You're a no. nice white lady. People do things for nice white ladies. We've <laughs> I know, established but I, that. I'm going to be the nice white lady who hands out boozy treats for the parents oh, that come to I, our I, door. Remember, that was my plan. Glad you said parents. Okay. Well, of course. Well, I don't know, Gary. You're, you know, you have been known to push drugs on, on children. But, no, I haven't. Okay, never mind. Okay. I made that Con- up just now. Continue. All right. Today, so we're going to start with some spooky legends. Let's first do a little background here. Urban legends. What are urban legends, Carrie? Um, urban is a misnomer, if you ask me. It really is, yeah. But, you know, talk on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Rumors I, around the street, crap. I, I was just trying to wrap the, the urban in there. No, just <laughs> <laughs> stories that... One of my sources said that... <laughs> stories that have gone around, you know, for ages, and that... Probably oh. have no basis in fact. Okay, so it's not like a confidential informant law enforcement no, kind of thing. I don't think like so. Huggy Bear to Starsky and Hutch <laughs> says that, uh, you know, headlines. Yeah. You, okay. Why are they called urban legends? I don't know. They really shouldn't be. Yeah. They just they should be, but they do tend to be the little folk tale stories. And the key for an urban legend, I think, is that they're told as if they are true. Mm-hmm. And they usually have a kind of a friend of a friend setup. Like, yeah. I know somebody who knows somebody, and this happened to them. And that's the key. And they're told, for kind of like shock value or some kind of a moral or some kind of a warning very often. Yeah. So that's the key. That the, In fact, there's a, what is it? Friend of a friend is like a fofa. Fof or something like that? F-O-A-F. And there's even, some people call them fof legends or something like that. Oh, I've never of heard of legends. that. It basically means friend of a friend because that's, that's a super common setup. It's not universal, but that somehow uh, you very often find that yeah. setup or at the very, very least, they're almost always, always alleged to be true. Yeah. My the one that I hear is like my friend's cousin. Yeah, and that what that adds it adds some like some realness to yes. it. Like oh okay now I don't I know it's not me because you say no it didn't Jerry I know you and then that didn't have you were not uh, you know you did not lose a Abductive kidney you have aliens. both kidneys right now so shut the hell up yeah but if you say no it's like a friend of a friend and if they push a little push next time someone actually says that you know probe that because it's that's not true you, no one told you this that you know because if you say it's a friend of a friend. That means someone very close to yeah. you told you this happened to that next person. That's not very many degrees of separation there. It's it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. I have you ever had someone say that and set it up that way in total in dead seriousness? Um, I'm sure, but 
you know, not one of these well-known urban okay. legends, but I'm sure at some point in time. Increasingly, they've tended to become a little bit more nasty, a little bit, and the intention is to scare or at least, or even disturb the audience. And again, they're very often told to warn you, to teach a lesson, to make a point. Some of these points have become in, increasingly political and cultural and sociological. Think of the, mm-hmm. you, you don't, the, hey, don't flash your brights back if you see a car with its headlights off. Don't do that like you're yeah. supposed to, to tell them to indicate, hey, your headlights aren't on, turn your headlights on before you kill somebody or get killed. And the reason is because that's a gang initiation thing. And, if, and the first person who flashes the headlights, they have to go after that person and kill them to get yeah. to a gang. If you stop and think about it, there's, a, there's some motivation behind that telling. It, it's a little racist. It's anti-urban in this sense. Yep. It's kind of a, it's, it feels like a uh, angry white man made up story. Yeah. And I think it is. So that's what I mean. There's a, there's a, yeah. some, pol- some political and cultural bent to that and some reason, like, look how man, these, are, these are thuggy animals. You know, the, a big purveyor of this kind of thing now, a days, in the social media era what? is Facebook. These things go along Facebook constantly. Mm-hmm. Are they usually set up? I, again, famously not a Facebook fan and I'm not on it, but do they, are they said like friend for friend? Like No, they're said like the sheriff's department oh. ha- sent out this morning or oh, okay. you know something like that. It's usually those types of things are always attributed to some law enforcement agency, agency or, okay. somewhere in the country. It's never specific. It's yeah. never this, you know, it's never cut and paste from the actual, you know, source. Yeah. Are they, is it usually say like a name, like the Johnson County, Pennsylvania Sheriff's Department? Well, because if it does, that's, not. that's easier. Yeah. But I could see if I was writing one of those, I would do that because how long is it going to take for the Johnson County Sheriff's Department to get the word out that that's not true? Yeah. It, it, worthless. You, you, it's too late. But also how many Johnson County Sheriff's Departments are there? Now, even, I mean, I mean, even if they use, look. I just said that, Carrie. Yeah, I know. Menahani County, yeah. whatever, makeup. I mean, they would still use a real thing to make it sound real because the truth is always miles behind these kind of lies, especially when they're, when they're lies that feed into something yeah. that people want to believe. So for a long time, these travel through, or, I mean, urban legends go back centuries and centuries, and they travel through oral channels, and then kind of radio and television help propagate them, and now, of course, it's all about the internet and social media, and like almost all urban legends, the one about that gang initiation and the headlights was completely made up. That's yeah. the other kind of common denominator here. They're almost always untrue, that is to say, a lie and again, a lie with often a political and cultural purpose and motivation. And many of them now have a supernatural vent. I think we're seeing more and more in that. Um, and those are the urban legends we're going to focus on today, naturally, like all urban legends. Most are just stories, but these ones are, you know, we're trying to stick, I'm going to stick to creepy ones that are kind of shocking um, and, and kind of just spooky and creepy, of course. I will say this up front, though, now. Several of the urban legends I'm going to mention here are actually said to be true, or at least partially true, at least based on something true. Hmm. I'll let you guess as we go through them which ones are true and not true. You might be a little surprised by some of them that are supposedly true. I'll be honest, a couple of them are, I use the word supposedly, you know, yeah. properly. Uh, are you going to announce the 800 number for uh, listeners to call in and tell us whether they think they're true or not? I'm not going to because it's not 1984. <laughs> oh, and this um, isn't the radio? No. <laughs> okay. And other, and otherwise, no. So classically, there are kind of genres of urban legends. And like people say, oh, there's urban legends that deal with crimes or with like the flashing headlight story, for instance, right? Or some are like medical 
there's a whole genre of medical, like the kidney. Like yeah. People are coming and getting your kidneys and selling your kidneys on the black market or whatever. Or supposedly, I knew a friend of a friend had a kid who always used to swallow the watermelon seeds every time he ate watermelons. <laughs> and then, a, a, you know, he ate some dirt or something like that. Whatever has had a watermelon started growing in his stomach. That's an yeah. urban legend as well that is, I guess, kind of medical. Others are like, I don't know, those chain letters are considered kind of a type. Oh, yeah. That's very... Uh, internet-y now. Yeah. Or uh, is dominant. Chain letters. Oh, my God. Chain emails now, of course. I wonder how many chain letters I got. Oh, tons of them. That was a big thing. People, people yeah. don't remember letters and getting yeah. letters in the mail. There were chain letters that if you didn't send that on, something bad was going to happen to you or you had to send it to 10 people or something like that. Yeah. Otherwise, if you didn't send it to 10 people, this letter... You're going to have breath. And if what you break the, the chain, you'll have bad luck yeah. or something uh, like that. What did the letters usually say? They had some kind of a point. Wasn't there also a political point to some of those letters? No, I think it was just like send $2. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. But And add were... your name to the bottom of the chain. Oh, okay. And then when you get to the top, then 8,000 people will send you $2 <laughs> and you'll have, you know. <laughs> well, that's more of just a Ponzi scheme. That's that's, that's what a... chain letters are. What do you okay. think they are? I thought there was others that were just as sort of hoaxes. Like if you don't send this... You're going to die or something like that. I th- well, when there are chain letters like that as well. I, don't, I never I got thought. chain letters that threatened me death. It was always send money, don't break the chain, okay. and you have bad luck. Okay. And it was always a small amount of money. You know, yeah. it was a dollar to two people or something like that. Nowadays, I have seen the don't break this chain or you'll die or something like that in like text messages. Really? Kids. Yeah. That's Young awful. Dummies doing that. I, I'm sure, again, it's all, all over emails too yeah. as well. It's really stupid. Some. Urban legends even kind of had like a commercial bent to them, or like a, like an attack against something commercial. Like you remember the story that Procter and Gamble, their logo, yes. their kind of moons and star logo, was <laughs> satanic. Yes, and and they really suffered. That was huge. They, that was massive. Yeah. They hurt their sales. They agonized over that. That was during the satanic panic. Yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. There was also similarly, there was also a Christian woman who went on Facebook. And she said that monster energy drinks has that kind of funky looking M that yeah. the N was a Hebrew symbol. And I'm not clear. It was the it was Hebrew symbol for the letter M somehow. And this disguised or somehow was something to do with 666, the number of the beast, this mark of the devil. Yeah. And so monster energy company was satanic. Okay. It was probably owned by Coke or something like that. Yeah. But just, you know, these are dumb, horrible yeah. people who are spreading lies on the internet because they have nothing better to do for their sad little lives. Many also urban legends are paranormal, like creatures and scary beasts and things like that. We will talk a lot about here about scary creatures and ghosts and spirits, but we're not going to do like cryptozoology and stuff like that. Okay? Okay. Again, I want them to be kind of spooky, creepy, and I've developed our own categories for these, and they are gross out urban legends. We'll start with those, <laughs> kind of just gross things. Then we're going to do curses, then creatures and ghosts kind of a thing, like scary creatures kind of a thing. Then dangerous people slash vengeful spirits, where the Japanese are exceptional at the vengeful spirits, we'll find out. Then some urban legends that are kind of like warnings, you know. And then, of course, we'll end up with a couple that are just plain creepy and some classic ones too. Many I know, I'm going to tell you ahead of time, Obviously, some of these urban legends can fit within multiple of these categories, yeah. but we, I had to put them somewhere. Okay. So, again, urban legends that I think we think are spooky. There's about a billion out there. So, if we don't get to yours, 
apologize, but um, next question mark. Year. But yeah, next year, send us in. If you have something that we didn't cover that, that you think is an interesting urban legend, please send us in. There are tons, by the way, of super local, local, very local urban legends. I kind of, for the most part, left those out, unless they have some, you know, a little more universal. So let's start with the gross out urban legends. There is the classic story. Well, you know what? I'm not going to tell you a title. I'm going to tell you the story first. Okay. This friend of mine, I knew. I, I'm, I'm telling you this, Gary. You did not know this, but I have a friend. Oh, do you? Work, a work call, a colleague. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, she knew a woman who had been traveling on business recently, and she went to some pretty bizarre, kind of out of the way, third countryist, developing world kind of places. I think they're somewhere in Asia, I want to say. <laughs> of course. And she finally arrived back in the U.S., like on Friday night, she had the weekend before she had to go back to work on Monday. And so she looks in the mirror and she has this huge pimple on her face. And she's like, ah, oh, shit, man. Well, hopefully it'll go away before Monday. You know, I, I'm, you know, I don't want to come back looking like this. She was, you know, a little vain. And she put it down to stress from the trip. Like, okay, a lot of stress. I'm relaxed now. I'll have the weekend. It'll be fine. But it was not fine. Kevin getting bigger. It got more swollen. It got redder. It got nasty. It was right in her face. And she, it finally almost formed what she thought maybe was like, maybe it's like a white head, like it's a giant white head. And she's thinking, ah, I got to take care of this. I can't go back to work on Monday. I'm going to pop this bad boy. I'm going to lance this boil myself. It's always a bad idea, but she's she's desperate. She yeah. doesn't have a huge, huge, huge pimple on her face when she goes back to work. So uh, she previews a couple of episodes of Dr. Pimple Popper to mm -hmm. get the proper technique, I imagine. And I, I well, my friend told me that. And <laughs> so she goes in there with two fingers. So you're going to burst that thing. And it just, boom, it explodes. Blood and pus spill out and splash onto the mirror that she's using for her little self-surgery mm -hmm. there. And then... From out of the gaping wound of this cavernous pimple come hundreds, maybe even thousands of tiny little spiders come crawling out of the pimple, stream onto the sink and, and all around her bathroom where she was. She screams and tears at her face and, you know, gets a towel and starts wiping yeah. her face violently, as I was told by my friend. And as she's, you know, scrambling away, she's thinking, oh my God, you know, I do remember when I was at that cheesy hotel somewhere in Asia where I did have this, I feel is this violent, painful prick and I just didn't think anything of it. Oh my God. Oh my God. She faints dead away. Yeah. Two days later, as I was told by my friend, another friend of hers, not my friend, a different friend mm -hmm. went to find her at an apartment because she was late for work. She didn't come to work. On Monday, it's getting late. She had a she had a key because they're very good friends, and she's taking care of the apartment while she was away. So when she knocked and no answer, she let herself in, and there she finds her friend enshrouded in a giant web spun around her entire body, and she's hanging from <laughs> the ceiling. Those are some strong baby spiders. Very strong baby. They've grown now. There's yeah. thousands of them. Thousands of growing baby spiders are feasting on her as this friend steps into the apartment, which she did because she's brave. When the friend came closer, she went right up to her. She can kind of see her face behind the, the web, and she looks at her pale face thinking she's dead, and all of a sudden, boom, her eyes bang open. She's alive. She looks at her friend, and she mouths the words, kill me. Oh, not help me? And as she does that, several more spiders crawl from her lips who have just finished feasting on her tongue. Okay. 
<laughs> the end. That is a real urban legend called the spider bite, except for the entire last part, which I made up just now. Oh, my God. I made up the, the, the last part about the woman fainting and being found by her friend. Huh? Good touch. Hey, if you want to tell that story as an urban legend, go ahead and add my touch. You're welcome to it. <laughs> I think it makes it a little more gory, a little better. So the real one just ends with all the spiders coming out of her It is the spiders coming out of her, of her yeah. pimple, yes. Yeah. Do you like that one? That is pretty gross. I think it's very gross. Uh, and it made me think about the spider that killed my caterpillar friend that I was oh. trying to hatch into a butterfly. You let it happen. Yeah. You could have stopped it and you didn't. You chose not to. You chose to let a spider kill your caterpillar friend. No, I didn't. I, but I do like spiders. Do you like snakes? So it is the circle of life, but still. Do you like spiders and snakes? Uh, yeah, they're, they're all okay. Okay. I like all creatures. <laughs> Big and small. Do you like rats? Um, You know, sure. I I don't want them in my house anymore, but. Anymore? Well, we had Excuse two me? pet rats for a moment. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was not good. Yeah. I'm never a huge fan of <laughs> it that. It ended up in trauma. It so. did. In bloody, monstrous, cannibalistic trauma. <laughs> we could turn that one into an urban legend. That, that's not a, that, that really happened, and we can attest to it. <laughs> so this is the one urban legend is called the Rat King. I have two more oh. urban legends here in the, in the gross-out category, both involving rats. The Rat King is supposedly... Not just one rat, not two rats, not three rats, but dozens, maybe even hundreds of rats living somewhere in close quarters. And over time, they've all gotten their tails tangled together and tied up in knots to the point where there's this massive, giant, moving group of rats that uh, is known as the Rat King. Mm -hmm. And let's just say bad things happen. Well, like what? There's not really much more to it. It's oh, just like whatever. You can kind of kind of fill in the blank for what happens to it after yeah. that, you know. So, I've heard of this. Yes, but I've heard of it as a real thing. Yes, and the source that I read this from, I I, I I've known about the Rat King for a very long time. Yeah, I think I've had it on the list for a long time. This source says the worst part. This is a quote from this source. I won't say the name of the source because they're completely full of shit. The worst part is this is a thing that actually happens. So it's less of an urban legend and more of a terrifying glimpse at what's probably going down in the New York City subways, end quote. Bullshit. It's not a thing. It doesn't happen. It can't happen. Oh, it it's doesn't not happen? True. No. See, I assumed it was like when, um, like if they are like down in a sewer or something and they're trapped and they start to like crawl over each other yeah. to get higher. And, you know, they just build up. You know how, like, other creatures do, ants or whatever? Yeah. They no. use each other's bodies. Uh, that may or may not happen, but you, they don't get tangled. And then they with, get tangled up no, or something like that. that. Doesn't make because sense. here's the thing. If it happens over time, what, what are they eating and drinking each yeah, other? It makes no I mean, sense. that doesn't make any sense. They would be, uh, uh, they would be immobile. Yeah. There's no way they could go in the same direction. No, they couldn't yeah. scare you or threaten you. They'd be immobile and they'd right. die and start to death. It's just yeah. dumb. So, but you see a lot of sources do. We'll, we'll call them lazy, incompetent sources yeah. say that this is a true thing. Yeah, it's see, not I thought thing. it was a real thing too, but no. I thought it there was no. a reason behind it. Don't believe everything you read on the internet. In fact, don't believe yeah. virtually anything you read on the internet. Yes. Actually, honestly, my true, we were just talking about this not that long ago. Yes, if you found, if you've heard something that your source is just sort of a, a, a non-mainstream source on the internet, it's not just probably not true, it's 99.9% .9 for sure not true. Until you verify something, your default should always be to not believe something that you've heard from the internet, especially if it's something like Facebook or something like that. 
just hundred percent. People always tend to believe it without you. This has made you angry a million times. People tend to, their default oh, yeah. tends to be, tends to believe that thing and pass it along. Yeah. Your default should always be not just to not believe it, to, but to be pretty certain it's not true. Here's the thing. Two seconds on Google people. Yeah, two seconds, three, maybe. Yeah. It depends on how fast you read. Yep. The next one we have is something uh, a little more, a little more realistic potentially. So we all know about alligators in the sewers, especially in New York City sewers. You said to have over time people will like flush their alligator down the toilet because it's getting a little too big, which doesn't make a lot of sense if you think about it. And no, you don't want to be able to flush a tiny baby down tiny, it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so by the time it gets too big and it's freaking you out. It's too big, too big to flush out. Yeah. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. Let's go with it. And so people people say, "Oh, that's a thing. It's not a thing. It's, there's been no verified instance of an alligator in the sewer. Certainly, nothing more that wasn't something like maybe it was a, a lost pet and was there for a day or two. No alligator could live past a New York City winter. Full stop. They're yeah. cold blooded endothermic. I mean, ectothermic animals. They cannot. Well, they wouldn't silly. be able to survive in a sewer. Ah, uh, there's food down there. Obviously, <laughs> plenty of food down there. Yeah, but um, they would just have to be good at killing rats, and they'd be fine. But they, and, including, wouldn't uh, it always kings. be too cold down there? Yeah, no, no. Actually, it's probably a little warmer, but it's still too cold oh, for an alligator. Mm-hmm. They'd be pretty, pretty slow and torturous. Yeah. But there's another rat tale from the big city, and that involves uh, another. I'm sorry, animal tale from the big city, and that involves rats again, which is popping open. The bathroom toilet are even worse yet. Sitting down on the toilet to do your business and suddenly something bites you in the ass really hard, really painful. You leap up, you look down, and there's a giant rat in your toilet that just bit you on the ass. That rat came up through the sewers, up yeah. through the pipes, and just happened to be in your toilet. When you sat down without looking, you should have looked. <laughs> Who and doesn't look in the toilet? Some people don't care. Had to go really bad. I guess. Okay, and this is usually going to happen to a woman, because it's twice as likely, yeah. more than twice as likely, it happened to a woman. Yes or no? What do you think? Real no. or fake? No? It is said, again, that this could happen. In fact, there has been apparently actual instances of this happening. The suicide pipe, I mean, rats can go through extraordinarily narrow spaces. That's true. And they, they, they can get they can get skinnier than they than they look. Yeah. And the I guess I guess most toilets are about three inches. The the piping is about three inches, which is not impossible for a rat to get through. And they could be attracted to, you know, things that are in sewers, gross stuff, because there's, there's old food in that in a sense. Yeah. And last so so it's it's not impossible. Suppose this happened in Petersburg, Virginia in 1999. This also supposedly happened in Seattle to the point where my source said the issue is common enough in Seattle that public officials have given advice on what to do in case you encounter a rat in your toilet. The advice being to flush the toilet, close the lid and flush the toilet. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not going to believe this again. I'm going to follow my own dictum and not be certain about it. This one, if it's not true... The source did, did a classic urban legend thing and applied some fairly specific items and, and details to it. I just didn't have time to check those. Yeah. I apologize, America. I, I don't believe it. Probably not because it would have to come up not just through the piping directly to your toilet, but you know the, all the piping that goes down mm-hmm. to the sewer from there too. I don't know what the thickness of that is. Maybe it is all the way three inches. But it just seems like that's a long way to go. Your sewer, your, your the line is always snake. There's always that yeah. U-turn in it. I, I mean, that, that seems a weird thing for them to do. I, I'm, I'll say it's not impossible, but I think it's unlikely. Yeah. I think it would be difficult because how easy 
I mean, I don't know what the insides of the pipes are like, but it seems like it would be too slick and slippery. And I don't know. Well, rats have those claws. Rats can do. Rats can do pretty co- amazing things. They really? can climb. They're very good climbers. They're very good swimmers. Yeah, you know, they, they I don't know. Really, they're uh, they're survivors. Next category we turn to is curses. So we're getting a little. We're gonna get spookier and spookier. Okay. Curses on a spooky. We're gonna get the creatures next, and then to you know some some scarier stuff. But let's start. Let's go next to curses. There's tons of those. There's a, some have curses to do with places. Of course, I'm, I'll just do like one of those as an example. Some have curses though that bad. If you do X, then bad thing Y is going to happen to you. I'll have a couple of those, and actually a few of those. So let's let's start with the curse of Dudley Town. Have you ever heard of Dudley Town? Nope. Me neither. Apparently, it's an abandoned city or town in Connecticut, and that I sometime it was founded sometime in the 1700s, and it's known as the Village of the Damned to Ooh. locals now. It's to, entirely deserted, but apparently there's been tons of suicides and disappearances, and supposedly even demons. Uh, our demonic activity has occurred in Dudley Town over the years, and these have, and it's just sort of a, a cursed place. Some people call it a dark vortex, like the town is a dark vortex. So it has this locally, it has this terrible, terrible reputation. Bad things have happened there, and now it's cursed. And so here's the here's the if you do something, bad things happen to you. Yeah. So the rumor is that if you go there and you steal anything, like an artifact from this ghost town, uh, you'll have a horrible curse will will be upon you, and that you know, bad things are going to happen to you. But it's this sort of this locus of weird stuff. There's been light orbs and wolf-like shadow creatures have been seen there. And people have also reported hearing uh, disembodied voices. So I don't know. This is, it struck me, this is barely an urban legend in my mind, but it is indicative of these kind of cursed places. And you you do find that as a motif in urban legends. Is it a real place? Yeah. Oh, okay. The, I guess there's also apparently some uh, group that calls itself the Dark Forest Association, and they sort of patrol the area. Oh, that's nice. I don't know. I don't, and I don't know what they do. I don't know if it's supposed to be scary or just looking out for the old ghost town. I don't know which. Yeah. Hmm. More normal for some of these curses is something to do with hell. Some, something you do something, and you're going to wind up in hell. There's all kinds of portals of hell. It's not just in Amityville. Trust me, it's <laughs> everywhere, people. There's one thing called the Seven Gates of Hell. And it's in York County, Pennsylvania. And there's kind of two versions of this legend. One is that there was a mental institution then, another very common thing in urban legends. It was located on a road that's called Toad Road. There's another road in the area called Trout Run Road. It's located on one of those roads, depending on the source. And it's in Hellam Township, Pennsylvania, or I guess just outside Hellam Township, Pennsylvania. Very perfect. The legend is this, that one day in 1900s, a fire broke out at the mental institution that was there. And the reason it was there is because it's a very isolated place, right? So it was very remote. Firefighters were eventually called in, but by the time they got there, the fire was completely out of control, and virtually none of the inmates in the institution survived. They mostly died in the fire. And one of the sources I read said, quote, while others escaped and were soon beaten to death, End quote. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Why? Why is that true? Were they considered dangerous yeah. or something like that? So yeah. so you're going there to put out a fire and save the inmates. But if they get out of the fire, you beat them to yeah. death. A little confused. A little confused, Pennsylvania. What's going on here? 
The idea, though, is these seven gates, right? Supposedly mm-hmm. on this land, there's a bunch of gates, seven of them, that, that someone put up at some point in the past. And for, for instance, one legend, one part of that legend is that the search party that was out looking for some of the potentially escaped inmates put up gates in an effort to constrain them somehow. Not sure mm-hmm. how that would work. Wouldn't you just walk around the gate? I don't know exactly. I don't know if there's, the, unless there's a big, I don't get the sense there's any kind of a big giant wall around it. Yeah. So I'm not sure how that works. Others say it, that it's completely unrelated to the asylum at all. It was actually this doctor, this eccentric doctor who lived out there, and he put up a bunch of gates in, in deep in the forest here to keep people out of his land. I guess on like paths and, and roads, I guess. Okay. I'm thinking it's not, not described super well. Uh-uh. But both accounts agree this this one thing true about these seven gates. Only one of them is visible in the daytime. To see the other six gates, you have to go out there at night, like maybe midnight or something like that. And suddenly the other six Why? gates will be visible because it's magic, Carrie. <laughs> okay. And if you go through all seven gates, Uh-oh, what's gonna happen you will to you? go directly to hell. Oh. No one, it is said, has ever passed the fifth gate, which brings up the obvious question, that is, how the hell do you know that if you pass all seven gates, yeah. you go to hell if, quote, no one has, has ever, ever passed the fifth gate? Not clear on that either. Sometimes the people who make up these urban legends don't think it through before they hit send. Yeah. So, or in this case, this is this is a lot, this goes back quite a way. It turns out in real life, there is a toad road out there and a trout run road. It, it runs along a creek and there is a bunch of gates along one of the roads out there to sort of, you know, guard private property and it's like yeah. keep off my land kind of a thing. If you, mm-hmm. if you go past this gate, you can be arrested for trespassing. Very normal thing. All of the gates out there can be seen day or night. They were apparently put up by a doctor. So there is, you can see how, I, my guess is that first part, the insane asylum got added to it to make it spookier. When the first, and, and the doctor one was, was first probably, like this eccentric doctor put up gates. Well, a, a doctor did live out there and put up gates yeah. and, and he wanted you off his land. And so the story about, oh, if you go through all seven gates, you go straight to hell. And then somebody, hey, let's add in this whole mental institution story too, because that's way more interesting, which it is, but it's also, you know, it's a, a lie. So go ahead and, and go there and check it out if you want. I'm not going to tell you where it is. <laughs> <laughs> it is near Hellam Township. By the way, that uh, Hellam is nothing to do with hell. It's a, a form of Hellamshire in England is what it was named after yeah. back, you know, in, whenever it was founded many, there many years ago. There is a place called Hell. Ago. Yeah, there is. That's right. Where is it? I forget. It's like, I don't know, we did Norway that in our weird place names. Yeah. Scandinavia somewhere. A couple more typical kind of going to hell urban legends are one is called one, the 100 Step Cemetery. It doesn't have a name, but it's in Maltby in Washington State. The first one is in, we have a couple more urban legends that involve getting your ass to hell. One comes to us from Indiana, where there is a cemetery in the town of Brazil, Indiana. And it has 100 steps exactly leaning, I don't know, someplace where you need steps. There's often a, a annoying lack of detail the, the way some of these are told. And so it said if you climb the 100 steps in total darkness on, I guess, a moonless night, <laughs> you'll see the ghost of the caretaker who used to be the cemetery caretaker before you get to the top of the hill. So these, these steps go up a hill and... I guess, yeah. I don't know what that means before, but at some point, if you're doing that little ritual and do apparently all 100 steps, you'll see that ghost. And he's a pretty cool ghost because he'll give you a, a preview 
of How You're Gonna Die. Oh. So he'll show you what your death will be. That's kind of nice of him. At least you know. Like yeah. you can see, if you can see yourself in these in these visions, you see how old you are. That's good. Yeah, those are fun ones. I mean, not because I fun. don't believe it's really going to sure. happen, but those are you know fun. Like do this in a cemetery kind of thing. Yeah, have you? They're ever done fun that? and spooky for Halloween. Damn no, let's I've do that. Not spent much time in cemeteries. Ah, we should do it. We have a really cool old cemetery know, that I does know. cool things. Oh, in really? Spooky season. Oh, we really? Finally, do some. Okay. I'm I think they show it. movies. In the cemetery, and they have tours. That and sounds cold. <laughs> it's got to be dark, right? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not afraid of ghosts. I'm not a huge fan of being outdoors when it's super cold out, though. So we'll, we'll see what the weather's like around Halloween time. live in California. I know. Well, that's okay. I rest October my case. October is often not that cold. Still. So. There's another very similar story comes to us from Maltby Cemetery in Washington State, where they have 13 steps leading down into this underground crypt. That number makes Ooh. a lot more sense. Yeah. And Urban Legend has it that if you go down all those 13 steps and you climb down into this crypt, you'll be met, quote, met with a vision of hell so terrifying it will drive you to insanity. Okay. So don't do those things. Those aren't, uh, those aren't too much. Well, I don't know. What would you call those? Are those, I guess I'm, I'm putting them under this curses kind of a thing, but they really also could be, yeah. you know, I was going to say they could be considered warnings, but they're not, they're not like little morality tales to no. warn you from not doing something wrong. They're yeah. just, if you do this thing, that's not wrong necessarily. Yeah. Something terrible is going to happen to you. But also if I was like in charge of putting in the steps leading down to a crypt or a mausoleum, absolutely do 13 steps. Oh, for sure. I mean, if they have to be tiny do 13, or have <laughs> yeah. to be big, but people have to jump over them, <laughs> do 13 steps for God's sake. Doesn't matter. There should have been forty steps. Uh, uh-uh. uh make them thirteen. <laughs> make it. They'll, they'll look like benches, like yeah. an amphitheater, like a really narrow amphitheater. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Curse of Escalante Petrified Forest comes to us from the Black Hills of Utah. Did you know there are Black Hills in Utah? Did not. I did not either. And this is one of those classics. Don't mess with the area thing because if you go in there, and if as a tourist, let's say, and if you take with you anything at all. A pebble, a piece of wood, doesn't matter. Terrible misfortune is going to strike you. Those have been, over the years, car accidents. People have broken bones. People have lost their job after doing this. <laughs> All of those things, have been, it's said, have happened to people who have dared to ignore that warning. So how many people have ignored the warning? And absolutely oh, I'm nothing sure, happened to them. I'm sure none. Or they won the lottery. Mm, or know, they Carrie, found their true I love. Know, I or I feel like this was something maybe know. maybe um, invented by the park rangers. They got that job <laughs> they wanted. They got an A on their algebra test. Wouldn't you do that, though, if you're trying to make people stop yes. taking shit from your forest, especially petrified wood, yeah. which isn't going to be made again. Yeah. It's a finite resource. I, I would say something like that, too. Yeah. I would say, no, if you take some out of there, I'm going to, you might get the shit beaten out of you as you walk out of the forest because this big, ton, this big old park rangers going to beat the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And hire some thug. I don't endorse that uh, method. I, I think, I think it's a good thing to do. Last curse we have is called the red room curse. And this is kind of an internet thing, a more of a modern urban legend because this is, takes the form of like a pop-up ad 
which I know are much less common than they used to be. They're still now pop-ups. You though you, you see more and more on websites. Websites are becoming absolutely unwatchable, unreadable, unnavigable. They're, it's getting awful. The advertisements on websites. I don't know if you've noticed this or not. It's just getting worse and worse and worse all the time. There are many many websites I used to use that are just. I mean. It's awful. You have to close 15 things to try to read something on that website. It's really terrible. It's really abusive. Yeah, I see those on like mommy blog kinds of things or recipe yes. recipe websites, stuff like that. They're just like somebody who has their own little website. Yeah, and, and, and you sign up with some sleazy marketing company. Yeah. And this is what they do. And they, so and they, then, they you know make I, your website unusable. I never go to those websites. Every I, day. I hate those websites yeah. and I try to avoid them as much as I can. Yeah. And there needs to be something done about that. Yeah. Honestly. It's, well, it's doesn't AdBlocker take care of that? No, there's oh. not. Uh-uh. Hmm. And, you know, the the Googles and people like that, they don't want to, they don't want to stop that. They make money off of that. Yeah. So it's pretty scuzzy. But it really does make uh, the internet it's it's ruining the internet. It's it's something that has to be people need to do something about in the in the very near future. So this pop-up would would feature a red screen would come onto your computer and in black text it would say, do you like the red room? Oh, and there's usually like a, a voice would ask this, like, "Do you like the red room?" Which I was attempting to sound kind of scary. Scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did it? Did it work? Sure. Okay. And the pop up. So if you try to hit it and not, you know, X out of it, it would just come back and pop back and pop back again and again and again until at least that entire recording, you know, that question came all the way out, and then as it ended, your entire screen would turn red, and then apparently. Tons of names would just start uh, coming up all over your screen. And those were the names of past victims who had been killed by this curse of the Red Room. So what happens next, allegedly, is that the pop-up, the people people who saw that pop-up, they're like found dead the next Uh day, always. And usually, in many cases, the walls are splatted with blood red, just like was on the, the pop-up, wow. creating, in reality, a red room. Huh. So do you like the red room? And I mean, that's kind of clever. It's very I mean, clever, and it's inescapable. Yeah. Any, if you see it, it's too late. You're going to die. Bloody. Wow. Not sure how the die happens, the dying part, the bloody part, any mm. of that. But uh, I'm yeah. going to say you explode. Oh, I hadn't thought about that, yeah. I like that. Do I? I, like I don't that? know how don't you know. explode, but it's all supernatural, so it doesn't matter That's how. True. That's true. I'm I'm going with your exploding, exploding person thing. Well, how else would the walls turn red? I don't know. I you know maybe something comes out of the uh, computer with a knife, like a, like like in the ring. The ring, yeah, the ring. And they have a knife and they slice you up and blood. Oh, come on, okay. those other ways. Be, oh. Use your imagination, Carrie. Sure. Now we turn to scary creatures and ghosts, all kinds of urban legends about those. And how can you start with anything other than the classic scary creature from urban legend, the classic kind of ghost, who is Bloody Mary. We're not going to talk about that too much because we did actually talk about that in one of our past episodes. I tried to look up, but I couldn't find it. It's one of those ones, I think, where we just did a bunch of of scary stories for Halloween. So Bloody Mary is this idea, if you don't know, and you probably should, but it's the thing we go into a dark room and there's a mirror and bathroom. Uh, like we usually the bathroom. bathroom. Yeah. We I'll tell you, I probably told it on the one we did it a hundred episodes ago, but you say, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. And then I think you usually close your eyes and you open your eyes and Bloody Mary's there and she scares you and you run out of the room, or worst case scenario, she kills you. Yeah. And that's the idea of Bloody Mary. We found it when we were in Texas, and I was probably like 
11, maybe something like that. But me and my brothers, we found this old abandoned barn. It's not there, like a, like a, like a hovel, like a shack. Yeah. It had like a one room shack and it had a mirror in it, a mostly broken mirror, but still had a mirror. We hundred percent. And it was dark. It was still daylight outside. (laughs) Right. But it was inside. It was pretty dark. Yeah. And we did the Bloody Mary thing. And of course, no one saw Bloody Mary, I think, but we all, I'm sure, squealed like girls and But ran you used the hell to have four there. brothers, and now you only have three. Ooh. <laughs> Do you think it's a coincidence or not? No. So, Bloody Mary? Okay. All right. Okay. Hey, thanks for that. That was well said. So, anyway, so that's Bloody Mary. That's a classic. It's a great one. There's a bunch of other. Scary ghost things. So I'll tell you a few of those. One is Screaming Jenny. Ever heard of Screaming Jenny? No. She was supposedly this poor woman, and she didn't have a family. She lived alone along the tracks of the B&O Railroad in Harpers Ferry, West Virginia. And one day, she was she uh, warming up some, let's say, stew or soup or something like that on a campfire. Probably beans. Probably can, beans. Maybe can a can beans. of beans, all right? And she was um, open fire because that's how she lived. Yeah. And a spark burst from the fire, fire, the fire, and caught on her dress. Oh, and no. it instantly, I, I'm going to say she had it soaked in kerosene. Let's say so. It instantly burst into flames, and she starts screaming and running around and trying to put the flames out. And remember, she lived right by the railroad track, so she hears a train coming. <gasps> and so she runs for the train, thinking, okay, it's a person at least. And she flails at the train as her dress is burning and engulfing her in flames all around you. And she slips and she falls right onto the tracks and she's run over by oh, the train. Lord. And it hits her and kills her. And in the thing I read this, that's where it ends. Come on, people. Use oh. your imagination. Something's you've got to see a ghost. You've got to see something bad happens. She's lures kids onto the train tracks. Yeah. Something. Come on, people. So Work she doesn't with me. the story isn't that she haunts the train tracks? You would think. And maybe she does, and this source just didn't um, you know, wrote half of a Finish legend. The story. I don't know. You know, left out the key part. Yeah. Just the origins. Origin stories only, please, <laughs> is the name of the website. No, I'm kidding. So huh. that's the the Screaming Jenny, which, again, let's assume if you're from West Virginia and you've heard this one, please tell us if there's more to that story. I sure hope there is. If there's not, let's make it up. Yeah. Well, that one has a moral. That's a morality tale, right? Which is? Don't run around the train tracks. Is that what you got from that? Yeah. So Carrie, she's on fire. You might slip and fall. Hmm. I don't know that it would have. I Honestly, if you stop and think about it, that may have been the best thing that could happen to her. Also, stop, drop, and roll, people. Yeah, that's probably the better idea. That's yeah. the better moral, Carrie. Yeah. Not... Don't run by trains. Well, know, that one specific. is universal anytime. The stop, drop, and roll, the, the don't run by trains. Don't run by trains. Oh, that is by universal. So you learned that yes. like in kindergarten, first you, grade. You do that. Everybody did. It's, yeah, you always stay away from train tracks. In your school district, they taught you don't run by trains. Stop, just drop, like and roll day is just one. for one thing. Did you grow up in Pennsylvania? What I grew up down the street from train tracks, and, I, and my dad had a... Uh, work building very mm. near some train tracks. We used to go put nickels on the train tracks. So you were you grew up with a healthy respect for trains. Yes. And did you ever run by a train? No. Did you ever have a dress catch on fire? No. Then maybe you would have run to a train if you had a dress catch on fire, Carrie. No. Don't. Because be so I learned mean. stop, drop, and roll I, as a youngster. I feel like you're being a little too negative on Screaming Jenny. And she did the best she could. Carrie, she's yeah, alone. I agree. She, she was, did. Okay. But have now you, that we know better, do better. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> Still sound a little bitchy there. A little white lady uh, moral story there going on. Hug and Molly. 
Love that name. Hugging Molly. She comes to us from Alabama, Abbeville, Alabama. I probably mm-hmm. mispronounced that. A-B-B-E-V-I-L-L-E. Abbeville? 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 I don't know. I don't know. So it's in Alabama, and there's supposedly a story of a phantom woman there, and she is... She appears to children only, but she only appears to children who do what, Carrie? Stay out late at night. Oh. See the morality. See that a lot of these do have this this lesson. Yeah. And they if if you do stay out too late and you see Hug and Molly, she'll come up to you and she'll like walk behind you and she will grab you around and grip you tight in a bear hug and then scream as loud as she can in your ear. She's not trying to hurt you. She's just trying to warn you and scare you. So you stop staying out so late, you little shit. Get home. Yeah. Huh. That's Hug and Molly. Okay. It's a great name. I feel like the na- name came first and then there's yeah. the legend behind it. And I, and I applaud that I'm okay. And could that be the name of a country band? It absolutely could. I assume Hug and Molly was going to squeeze you so hard you suffocate and die. That would be good too. So whoever made this one up was just trying to be a little yeah. more like, don't do it. You're not going to die. Let's not get carried away. It's a little less scary. It's a lot less scary. screams in your ear. It's still, still something you want to avoid. Yeah, probably. Theoretically. I wouldn't want that. I had earaches when I was a kid. I had infections. <laughs> I would not want That's that. True. I would. That would deter me more than she you know, <laughs> squeezes you to death. I get, I'm, I'm willing to take a shot. I'm going to go see that. Have you ever heard of the Carter Brothers? No. People in Louisiana have. It's because in the early 1930s, a young woman came running into the local, let's say, sheriff's station or police station somewhere in New Orleans. And she had a hell of a story to tell because she had these slash marks on her wrist. Oh, like no. she'd been cut or, or tied up or something like that or, or somehow bled. Who else from the has wrist. a slash mark on my wrist in this house? I don't know who. You do. I do? <laughs> From the Where? cat. Oh, that's not my wrist. It's on my arm. Well, close uh, enough. Not, not really that close at all. A full eight inches away from my wrist, at least. Maybe more. <laughs> and that was a cat that did that. This is not from a cat. This is something much worse than a cat. So the police listened to her story, and she says, I've been trapped. I was kidnapped by the Carter brothers, apparently a prominent family, let's sure. just say they were, in New Orleans, and they've been drinking my blood. They've oh, been feeding no. off my blood. So they go to the French Quarter where the Carter brothers had their home, and they storm in there, they break in, and what do they find? More young women, all of them tied up with bloody wounds on their wrists. The Carter brothers had been feeding off the blood of multiple people. Are they vampires? It was thought that they were vampires. So now the police say, okay, these guys are vampires. So what happened? They were captured and executed. (laughs) The end. (laughs) (laughs) This is in the 1930s, remember? You could look these up, (laughs) urban legend maker-uppers, okay? The Uh. 1930s in New Orleans. That'd be difficult, I know. You have you lack some specific and Carter is a very common name, but still. And so they're executed, they're dead, they're buried in a crypt, as you do in New Orleans. But then next time it came time to, I don't know, inter something in that crypt, the Carter Empty. brothers were not there. Of course not. They were indeed vampires. It turns yeah. out this is all true. That's the story <laughs> of the Carter brothers. Another one is from kind of the South, comes to us from Maryland. People forget Maryland was a slave state at the start of the Civil War, but chose to stay with the Union and became a non-slave state. And people yeah. now, and now it's a very 
kind of an urban state, an urban and suburban state, and people don't realize it is actually south of the Mason-Dixon line. The Mason-Dixon line is the, the northern border of, of Maryland with the southern border of Pennsylvania. So people, people do forget that. In Maryland, there was a place called the Greenbrier Swamp, and nearby was a slave owner and slave holder, and he had a slave named Big Liz. She's a big woman. Turns out Big Liz was doing some spying for the Union side oh. during the Civil War. Good so for state, Big Liz. Yeah, good for Big Liz. But unfortunately, he found out. Uh-oh. The monster who owned, quote-unquote, Big Liz discovered this, but he did not tell Big Liz about this. He yeah. said, hey, Big Liz, you're strong. Can you come out to the swamp with me? I know of a buried treasure and I'm going to help you. Uh, you're going to help me dig up that buried treasure, and I'll give you some of the treasure. Uh-huh. So he says, hell yes, I'm up for it. So they go out there. He leads her out there. He says, uh, like he's reading a map, let's say, and he says, okay, there's the spot. Start digging. So she starts digging, and he makes her dig, let's say, six feet. And she comes out of the hole, and as she's rising up out of this hole, he takes a, let's say, sword, and he decapitates her chops off her head, kicks the body back into the hole, buries her in the grave that she just dug for herself. It is said today, even today, if you go down to the spot in the Greenbrier Swamp where Big Liz and her head were buried so many (laughs) years ago, you have to do it in the darkest part of the night. You'll see her spirit, her ghost, And that ghost is going to attempt to lure you deeper and deeper into this murky swamp, probably to die. Yeah. Remember, this is in Maryland, Mm -hmm. so I would like to see this swamp on a map. It's probably a square (laughs) mile. It's not really a swamp. It's probably a nice suburban park these days. But it's sad that she still is trying to lure people into this swamp. Isn't Green, I think Green Briar's in the D.C. area, but I'm not sure. I probably should have looked that up. Is there still a Green Briar swamp in Maryland? I honestly do not know. Have you heard of the Ghost Boy of Clinton Road? Nope. People in New Jersey have. In fact, Passaic County, New Jersey, it's a, a little ghost boy. That's about, it's a, a, a quick one. I just read it because it, it seemed a little interesting because it said that a little boy lived beneath the bridge Aww. in Passaic County. Yeah. I don't know why. I guess he's alone. So he lived beneath the bridge. And he died. We don't know how. Not a lot of details in this, but he died. And now his ghost, his spirit lives on in that in the area of that bridge there. And if you go there, he's actually very helpful. He's oh, another nice. nice urban legend ghost. Because if you drop a coin into the water that this bridge goes over, let's uh-huh. call it a river, let's say, he will somehow magically return it to you within one full day, within 24 hours. Oh. Apparently, supposedly, a lot of teenagers in the area go out there and drop a coin into yeah. the water and see, see what happens. I'm assuming they, they then go to their friends. Oh, my God, that quarter is under sure my pillow. I'm sure they do. Yeah, so, he's like, I- I'm dead, guys. I don't need this money anymore. Here, <laughs> guys, guys, take it. it. Take it. Or where were you when I was a starving child? Yeah, yeah. This quarter could have bought like a year's worth uh-huh. of food back then. Probably. No. Huh. Jerks. I have one creature for you. It comes to us from North Dakota. It's called the Mini Washitu. It lives along the banks of the Missouri River in North Dakota, and it's said to be a giant, red, hairy, monstrous creature with these spikes on its back. It has a horn, and it's a cyclopean thing because it only has one eye. 
but I, I mentioned it because it's one of those warning stories too, where if you look at it, you'll turn blind, probably go insane, maybe even die. Uh oh. So all bad things. All bad things. So do if you do sh- see the miniwashi too. First of all, given that's a description, you're probably going to turn around, and run, and you should. But for whatever you do, don't look it in the eyes. Yeah. Okay. okay. The eye. The one eye. The one eye. Yes. Yes. Have you heard of Fingernail Freddy from Rhode Island? No. This is actually interesting because you'll you'll see why in just a second. Fingernail Freddy was said to be a woodsman. He lived in the forest of Rhode Island, which if you don't know, it's the smallest state in the country. (laughs) It's very small. I'm sure there is forest. I'm sure, again, like Maryland Swamp, they're very small. But he's also sometimes called Fingernails uh, Freddy. And he was... Just a normal guy. He lived out in the forest somewhere with his wife and children. And one day, though, some neighborhood kids, we don't know if it's accidental or maybe it was on purpose, they lit his house on (gasps) fire. That's terrible. It killed his whole family. It almost killed Freddie, but it didn't. He survived, but he was horrifically burned. His face was just a mass of scar tissue, and presumably so was the rest of his body. So he went out, and he swore vengeance against these kids and their families and the people of the area. So he went out and lived in the woods near Camp Karana, and going to you know take revenge on anybody who crosses his path. While he was out there, he apparently didn't have nail clippers because his fingernails just grew longer and longer yeah. and longer to the point where Fingernail Freddy had giant, yeah. jagged nails. And it was said that he hated campers in the area. He hated any noise they made. If you were like a noisy camper, he'd come to you and he would slice your face with his giant, sharp fingernails, maybe even rip through, the, through your tent or something like that and attack you and claw you with these fingernails. So you were always told, keep it down or Fingernail Freddy is going to come after us <laughs> when you're at the campfire, I guess, things like that. Yeah. So again, something probably made up by park uh-huh. rangers again, like yep. shut up. So another version, by the way, says that um, if anyone goes on to his former property where he used to live, they would be murdered by fingernail oh, Freddy. Yeah. So he's so don't go in his area and make noise, but for sure do not go on the actual plot of land he used to own where his family died. That's fingernail Freddy. Who do you think fingernail Freddy became in one of the most successful movies in the history of cinema? I'm gonna go with Freddy Krueger. He did. That is considered, and it is considered the inspiration. Wow, for interesting. Freddy Krueger makes sense. Yeah, it does. He's burned. He has the law. Of course, they turn him into metal. I think this metal, right? They're like knives. Yeah, they're like yeah. knives. Yeah. Like Edward Scissor's hand, but meaner. Yeah. Okay. Ever heard of Skinned Tom? I don't know why I'm asking oh. this. I'm for sure you haven't heard of no. this. Skinned Tom comes just from Tennessee. He's in Tennessee, a state, again, in the southern part of the U.S. He's a young man in the 1920s. Name was Tom. And he got to know a local lady. And they got a little romantic. So he took her out. In his car, let's say his roadster. Okay. And he took her to the local lover's lane. They're making out, doing what they're doing. It's Un- called necking back in the day. Necking. They're necking. Unknown to Tom, turns out that lady was married. Uh-oh. She had a husband. That husband either found her or followed her. Let's say follow because it makes it a little more realistic. And he was pissed. He yeah. found them doing what they're doing, necking, maybe a little more. I don't know. It's the 1920s, but 
Mm-hmm. It went on. Yeah. Don't you believe the old movies? And he murdered his wife, and then he grabbed Tom, captured him, and he skinned him alive. Which is a thing, and it can be done. Okay, but also that's the least believable part of the whole story. I don't know, Carrie. He was pissed. He wanted Tom to suffer. And so folks these days say <laughs> that Tom still can be found, his ghost apparently. Yeah. Or maybe it's him. He lived. You can live to skinny, by the way. Gruesome as that sound. That you sounds, can live? You, you, you can, yes. So let's say he lived. Well, not for long. Uh, yeah. No, you no, can No, you can't. You, you can I mean, let's, let's assume you didn't take every single layer of skin off, but if you take the top one or two layers off, you can live. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you take all of it off, probably not. How, uh, let me make sure I only peel the top two layers yes. off. That's I guess if your skinner is weird. a very precise person, <laughs> yeah. then it's going to happen. Well, they say he still, uh, he still hung around in that area for many years to come, and he is also another bit of a vengeful kind of a thing, person or spirit. I don't know which. Spirit. I'm now, I'm now thinking a little more spirit. And he will kill anybody who's out there if they're committing adultery. So he somehow knows. He's taking it out on the wrong people. He kind of is, isn't he? Yeah. He, well, why? Maybe he, for, he, you know, well, maybe he's pissed off. Is maybe he just he didn't warning know. them into I've, knocking it off so that they he's, don't get caught? He's flat killing them. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. um, hmm, that's a little more. He's a little bit of a moralistic urban legend yeah. kind of a ghost creature, isn't he? I didn't, he's pretty I didn't much realize. justifying what was done to him. Yeah, he kind of is, isn't he? But maybe, you know, he didn't know. I think he did not the know. The victim, you sometimes that's go true. in the wrong that's direction. True. I think he didn't know that she was married. So maybe he's like, oh, yeah. she's an adulterer and she got me killed. Maybe yeah. that's what it is. Let's go yeah. with that. Let's make Tom have some sense. Carrie, he was skinned. Yeah. All right. Give him a break. Give the man a break. He has at least one layer of skin gone. I'm on Tom's side and I want him to rest in peace. Oh, okay. Just, that's nice know. of you. Yeah. The Bandage Man is an Oregon myth or urban legend or let's say true story. It started being told in about the 1950s. You're going to like this one too, given... Well, you'll see in a okay. second why this one's especially for you. He is said to have been a logger, and he, I guess, I don't know, fell into the sawmill. Somehow he was just chopped up horrifically <laughs> in the sawmill. And so I was, fell into the sawmill somehow. <laughs> I don't know how that, I don't know how sawmills work. I've never even been to a sawmill. At least not one that's working. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a sawmill in movies. I may have. Of just, course you have. I'm sure I must have. Didn't the logger have a sawmill? Did it? Yeah, but not a working actual sawmill, Carrie. Come on, man. So anyway, he's chopped up. He's badly injured. And so they wrap pretty much his entire body in bandages so he looks like a mummy, Yeah, basically. But he's now a supernatural beast of some sort because the, even though the bandages are all bloody, and he starts to decompose. And so he stinks like rotting flesh. Oh, yeah. And these days, he is that... This mummy-like bandage man is said to be seen at times along Highway 101 between the Highway 26 Junction to the north entrance of Cannon Beach. Ooh. Uh-huh. Carrie? That's somebody I know, stomping ground. It is. And even as far down as Arch Cape, if you're not from the Oregon <laughs> coast, you have no idea the hell those are. I don't know what the hell those are. Somewhere along the Oregon coast. Anyway. Hmm. It's said some people also say he was an injured fireman or electrician. So there are various variations, but most people stick with the logger, saw, mill worker yeah. kind of a thing or whatever. So along this area, though, he is said to do what comes apparently naturally to these urban legend creatures is to target teens yeah. in parked cars. <laughs> 
What are you going to say? Just kill everybody that he sees. No. Well, Carrie, are you talking about, are you referring to uh, Skin Tom? Because he only killed adulterers. So <laughs> lay off Skin Tom. So this guy, the bandage man, he sees any, um, you know, teens doing what they shouldn't be doing in parked cars. And he, I guess he jumps into your car. So he targets like pickups or open, you know, convertibles or something like that. And he jumps into your vehicle and apparently you don't notice it because the legend you're is busy. that you're, you are busy. Yeah. And, but as you drive away or are either you're still there or you're driving away, you don't notice it until you start realizing I smell rotting flesh. Do you so <laughs> Mindy, do you smell rotting, rotting flesh? I do, Billy. And you turn around and there's the bandage man yeah. looking all bloody and bandaged and spooky and scary, smelling like a corpse. So he's um, he's a little scary. It said that he feeds he because uh, he's still alive. Apparently, uh-huh. this always happens. They always it's like retconning a superhero. It's yeah. like wait, hold on, Captain America was made for World War Two. Yeah, this is, I know you got him in the ice for a long time. It still doesn't work. So the bandage man is said to feed on like dogs and stray stray dogs and animals and things like that, and occasionally even people. Yeah. In the 1960s, it was not uncommon in this area of the Oregon coast for the kids to play pranks. And like, I don't know. I don't know what that means exactly. Did they put themselves in bandages and jump in your car? Probably. Maybe, probably. Which in my, I, I applaud that. That's fun. That is yeah. a lot of fun. But I guess these days, it's, it's kind of fallen out of, of, of knowledge. Most of the local teens have never heard of the bandage yeah. man. So I think they should. It's said that it was made up to frighten tourists, but it sure sounds like it was also made up to... Try Keep to stop teenagers kids. from making out in cars, necking, etc. Yep. Next one we have is the Bunny Man. We of course know the Bunny Man. Remember the Bunny Man? Yes. He is from episode two hundred one. That was this idea that this this guy. There was this nineteen and four bus crash, which we were thinking. Was it a mechanical bus? Yeah. We were not completely <laughs> sure. Is that an engine? Or did, is that like a, did they have horse-drawn horse drawn buses? buses? No. We weren't sure. We think it was an actual car bus. But 1904 in Fairfax County, Virginia. Maybe the numbers and it was 1940. I don't think so. Oh, it's not. Okay. And, the, all the, and so, like again, it was people, I, I guess, mental institution inmates being transferred. And it, the bus crashed. And they escaped. All of them were cut. <laughs> All of them were caught. We're not cutting that, by the way. Fine, whatever. (laughs) And except one, and that he would be said to seem dressed up like a bunny rabbit. Because, of course, he had a bunny outfit. He must have somehow. And he would hang out by the Fairfax Station Bridge and do terrible things. (gasps) He killed a bunch of bunnies and made. Maybe. Made an outfit. So that's the story of the bunny man. If you want to hear more about that, please listen to episode 201. Now. Do you remember, is that a real story based on a true story or not? I'm going to say no. The answer is no. The so One of the sources I saw on this when I was putting this together was that, and it's based on a true story. Here's how they said that. They said that in 1970, a person in a bunny suit, some guy in a bunny suit, yeah. was seen on the side of the road as this couple was driving by, and he's like, he's like cursed at them and threw a hatchet at their window. And they just kept driving. They reported it, but no one, you know, nothing happened to it. And then two weeks later, a guy, presumably the same guy, in a bunny suit, 
was seen with a, a, a hatchet or a different hatchet kind of chopping on a fence. Yeah. And again, that person reported that to the police. By the time the police came out there, there was no one in a bunny suit. Yeah. That supposedly, so to this source, again, I won't name what source true. is, that makes it true. No, hey, hey, dumb, dumb. That doesn't make it true. First of all, it, the thing you're reporting happened 66 years after the legend supposedly happened. A, B, it has nothing to do whatsoever with the legend really at all. And if, C, if it may not have ever really happened. happened yeah. It could have easily been two people just having fun with the yeah. police based on the local legend. In yeah. fact, that probably was. Yes. So or, or, or it's just some some dude, you know, yeah. having fun in a bunny suit. Yeah. Because he... Trying to scare people. There you go. So that doesn't Which, make again, it true. So annoying. Yeah. Charlie No Face and Le Yolion are two urban legends that are, are a little bit similar. I'll start with Charlie Two Face. So... I'm sorry. Did I say Two Face? I, I meant Charlie No Face. What I don't did I say? remember what you said. Two Face is a Batman villain. I think you first said Charlie No Face. Okay, good. Yeah. Charlie No Face was uh, this man. He had a badly misshapen face. He uh, was said to be. Oh, it was in Pennsylvania again, and supposedly you'd go out in the woods somewhere along, like Route 351 or something like that, in Beaver County, Pennsylvania. Cool. Porn name of Beaver County would be. <laughs> Beaver, Beaver County. And it, you would see this person, this, this horrifically misshapen face, and he would scare kids, and the kids would run away and, and not go into the forest, something like that. So it's thought of as an urban legend. Is this real or not? You know, one of those classic warning, don't go out there because uh, Charlie No Face will get you. I mean, do, you, do I believe Charlie No Face is real and yes. it's really out there? No, I don't believe it. Charlie No Face was a real person. Charlie No Face was a man named Ray Robinson. He was in, um, born in 1910. What happened at the age of eight, he touched two wires. I, I, I don't know if they're by his face or not, but his face was horrid, was burnt and disfigured terribly. He lived and grew up and was fine. He was a completely nice, sane individual, but he lived off in this, in this area there in um, Beaver County, Pennsylvania. He knew that his face would be scary yeah. particularly to kids. So he'd only go out at night yeah. and he would take long walks because he just wanted to get out of the house. He basically shut himself up in the house all day long and yeah. take long walks out in the uh, along Route 351 during the night so he didn't scare as many kids. But occasionally when a, a teen or something like that saw them, they'd be scared and run away from him. So he was a real person, just a severely injured person. He was supposedly very friendly. And if the teen actually was brave enough to stick, you know, to, to talk to him, he would let them take pictures of them with him in exchange for cigarettes. <laughs> so he would let a, them take pictures in the 1930s. No, 40s? this um, he was born in 1910. Yeah. So this would be I mean, he could have been 50, 60 years old by then. Yeah. So it could be the 60s, 70s, oh, okay. even okay. things like this. So he, you know, this decades later. Okay. He's just been disfigured almost his entire life. So yeah. Charlie No Face. Urban legend oh. is a real, true story with a true person. That is less so true. So, are there actual pictures uh, all over? You the know, internet I don't know. I didn't look up pictures, pictures of Charlie Charlie No Face. I did not. I yeah. should have, huh? Yeah. Maybe I will. I definitely will. Okay. So, another one comes. A similar story comes from Switzerland, and that's this weird figure who walked through a thing called the Molles Forest, M-A-U-L-E-S, no idea how it's pronounced, Mole, Mole Forest, let's go with that. <laughs> I don't know. It's not delicious mole, and no. that is good with chicken. And he has been seen, so this person was seen wearing a gas mask and like camouflage outfit. 
And every once in a while, people report, I saw some weird dude out there in a gas mask and camouflage. And, you know, I don't know if local authorities would come out and not see anything and not find this guy, but people kept reporting. There's this person, they called him the ghost of Male, or Le Loyan, L-O-Y-O-N, which means, as I quickly translate to English... So he's called the ghost of Mole, or he's called Le Loyon, L-O-Y-O-N. Go ahead and check that in your Google Translate because it translates from French to English as Loyon, L-O-Y-O-N. <laughs> Not sure. Broke It broke hmm. Google Translate. So he was this person who was seen in this gas mask, as camouflage, who's thought to be an urban legend. In 2013, though, a person walking by saw him and took a photograph of him, naturally enough, proving it's a real thing. And then a few months later, I don't know if it was published in the paper or, or word got out, but a few months later, out in that same forest, uh, somebody found a gas mask and the camouflage coat that he'd been wearing, and it was just sort of ditched there. And it had a note with those, that, those items of clothing that said something to the effect that I'm a harmless guy, I'm tired of you people always staring at me and looking oh. at me like I'm weird, yeah. like I'm some kind of a monster. I'm not. And people don't people theorize that he then committed suicide or something like that. No, he probably just stopped wearing the gas mask yeah. and the uh, camouflage coat and getting weird looks. But that was uh, another one example of something that actually happened. Now, we are going to end part one before we go on to part two. In part two, we're going to do dangerous people and vengeful spirits, and then we're going to finish, and there's a bunch of those, and then we're going to do, uh, do a few that are kind of warning urban legends, and then we're going to finish up with the creepiest of the creepy urban legends. We'll, we'll end our, our scary creatures and ghosts part, part of it with the story of Resurrection Mary, another classic urban legend. Have you heard of this one? You know, it sounds familiar, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, same here. I've probably heard you mention it. I've heard it. it. I've heard the name. Yeah. So supposedly a, a woman named Mary, she is in Chicago. She lives in Chicago and she spent the whole night dancing at a place called O. Henry Ballroom. She's with her boyfriend. At some point though, she and her boyfriend had a bad fight. She storms out in a huff. She's very angry. She leaves the ballroom, says, leave me alone. She's last seen walking along Archer Avenue away from the O. Henry Ballroom. Not that far down the road, she is struck by a car, knocks her violently to the pavement, zooms on by, speeds away. It's a hit and run. Yeah. She dies on the road. Her parents come and get her body the next day, and they bury her in Resurrection Cemetery. Ooh. Yeah, I know. That's a yeah. weird name for a cemetery, isn't it? Yeah. I don't like that. I'm uncomfortable with that. Knock it off, Chicago. I mean, that's like pet cemetery for people. It is, but it's, it's even more on the nose on the nose than that, don't you? Yeah. No, they're, they're going to come back to life. It's yeah. just called Zombie Cemetery. It's <laughs> yeah. just as spooky. So they buried her in her beautiful white dress and dancing shoes that she loved so much. It's very sad. The hit and run, run driver, he was never found. Yeah. So in the, over the years, there's been... She's supposedly like this uh, 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 guy named Jerry Paulus or Palis. In the article I read, he was described as a Chicago Southsider. Like that's a thing. Uh, and yeah, somebody lives on the South Side I, of Chicago. I, I guess, but it just it sounds like a very Chicago thing. Yeah. And like people from Chicago think you should know what the hell that is. You knock it off, Chicago. You're not that big a deal. I think the South Side's the bad side, right? Wow, that was a little is bit it? racist, Carrie. A little bit racist, Carrie. Uh, there's not. 
it's a it's a um, it's, it's a challenged well it's <laughs> it does it's no because I'm thinking shameless they're, oh they're family of white uh, I guess they are well, <laughs> they should probably relocate anyway it's uh, in 1939 he said that he met a woman at the Liberty Grove Hall on 47th and Mozart. So not the O'Henry Mall, the, not the O'Henry uh, uh, or the ballroom, whatever that was. And he said he danced with her all night. They even kissed at one point. Ooh. She asked him to drive her home along, you, name, you, you thought it, Archer Avenue. And of course, what happens in these stories is that he exits the car to let her out. And he walks around the other side to open her door. She's disappeared. She is no longer there. Or, mm. or sometimes she she walks toward the cemetery, yeah. like the gate. He has a they have. She has the person stop her at the gate, and she walks toward the gate, and she disappears at the gate. Supposedly, even there's a part of the gate that looks burned, and it is so. It's said that in April of 1976, she burned her handprints into the gate. Oh. In, in fact, there was a, a truck crashed into the gate at that point, or knocked yeah. into the gate and disfigured the gate. But eh, let's let's go yeah. with that. Let's go. If she burned her. her I hands I have that. heard a variation of this. Have you? I, I, yeah, I'm sure it exists in more than one. Oh yeah. Story. But, well, yeah. there's another story that I'm going to tell in the next part. That's a kind of a similar story. It's called the Vanishing Hitchhiker. It's a little bit similar, but not exactly. Okay. She is someone again. She, the idea is that her ghost apparently is having a good time uh, dancing yeah. and she's, you've been dancing and maybe even necking with a ghost yeah. all night yeah. long. It's a common thread. It is. There are Marys buried in resurrection cemetery. <laughs> Not no. unsurprisingly. <laughs> so some researchers have tried to find, okay, is there a Mary that maybe fits this somehow? So some people think there's a woman named Mary Bragovi. Br- she died in 1934. And so could that be it? She died in an automobile accident. She died in a car accident, but she wasn't hit and run. She actually died in a car accident, and the car accident happened up at the Loop in downtown Chicago, so it doesn't quite fit. But in 1999, a Chicago writer named Ursula Bielski, she found a connection possibly to someone named Anna Norcus because her nickname was Marija or Maria or Maria. I don't know if it's if it's if it's East, Eastern European. They probably don't pronounce. They probably pronounce the J like a Y. So yeah. it'd be Maria, yeah. kind of a thing. So that's close to, to Mary, and she died in 1927, also by car accident. But she was hit on her way home from the old Henry Ballroom. Well, so it then does. There you go. It probably it could. So uh, some people more and more are thinking, hey, that's the Mary. Yeah. Now, where the whole part about her resurrecting and, and sure. why her of all people, you know, who knows? Maybe someone who knew her yeah. made up the story or invented the story. Just some troublemakers. Or maybe South Sider Jerry Payless really did dance with the ghost in 1939 yeah, and even kiss her. You know, there's a song from our era that references South Side of Chicago. Is there? Yeah. Is it um, The I Night Chicago you- Died? Great, one of the greatest songs of all time. It's outside of Chicago, back in the is it night, it's the night Chicago died, isn't it? By um, in the heat of the summer night. Okay, you, we're you gonna need, cut this. You but. need to sing the entire. No, no, we're for sure keeping that. I want you to sing the entire song right now. Go. You, that's it, right? I think so. Yeah. I don't sing. You know what? Sing more. I'm not sure. That's all I can remember. Please sing more, please. <laughs> that's all I remember. Okay, well, thank you for that. Okay, I appreciate <laughs> that. Welcome. Adding a little, little more uh, local color to the Resurrection Mary myth. So that was the end of Urban Legends Part 1. Spooky Urban Legends Part 1. Again, next week for Part 2. They get scary. We have dangerous people and eventual spirits. We have some warnings. And we, we end it with some of the very creepiest Urban Legends 
Hope you enjoy them. Until next wait. time. I'm going to have to get some candles so we can do it by candle That's right next a time. good call. We need yeah. to be a little bit spookier. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, spooky here is really important for yeah. a podcast. That, but that we can sense. tell everybody up front, hey, listen at night. Turn out all your lights. Light some candles. If we start good a fire, we are legally responsible for that. So maybe <laughs> we should not do that. Don't. You can get flameless candles. Okay. All right. <laughs> good. Cover your ass. I yes. like that. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening.